You're listening to the King's Place podcast. kingsplace.co.uk Hello and welcome to the King's Place podcast, a series of podcasts looking at the upcoming events at this North London venue. On this mini edition, we talk to a highly regarded New York composer, Nico Muley. His work is the starting point for Aurora Orchestra's mini-series, Seeing is Believing. These concerts mark the launch of Aurora's new series, For Decca, with these performances reflecting Muley's eclectic influences, ranging from Bird, Gibbons and Purcell, to iconic American works by Ives and Adams. So to New York to grab Nico on the phone to learn more about his work with the Aurora Orchestra's leader, violinist Thomas Gould, principal conductor Nicholas Collin, and this great week of outstanding music. And Nico, how did you get involved with the Aurora Orchestra in the first place? I met um, Tom Gould first, and he and when we, were, we were both still students, and there was this kind of very fun scheme that put musicians from Juilliard and musicians from the Royal Academy together with composers from both schools, and we were all we all wrote pieces, and they came over here for a week, and we went over there for a week, um, and Tom and I got on especially well, and then we you know, had been scheming to, to find ways to work together in the future, and then he set up an introduction between me and, and Nick Collin, and then it just happened. So then, how did you get from um, from this introduction to the piece that, that will be performed, Seeing is Believing? Um, well, basically, we, we were thinking about something that we wanted to do together, you know, and, and obviously the thing that made the most sense would be to write a sort of concerto for Tom, because he's such a wonderful soloist, as well as being a you know, team player. And we were, you know, and I have this, I have this kind of anxiety about writing something really straightforward. For, for some, I, I just felt, I just felt like maybe, you know, writing a violin concerto, I, it just felt like a big commitment. Do you know what I mean? That you're sort of competing with Beethoven or something. I was, I, it was an anxious year, let's say. And Tom mentioned that he had this new instrument that he was just about to buy, which was his electric violin, and that he he'd been experimenting with looping. And I thought, well, this could be fun to kind of to kind of let let this gigantic electronic instrument determine the the textures for for a piece, and then, and then it sort of it expanded from there. And is the electric violin uh, that that different to the the, the normal um, violin? It is and it isn't. I mean, I think you know the, the biggest difference is that there are two additional strings, which are um, a C string and an F string. So it has the viola C and then an F string that no other string instrument has. And what that does 
I mean, the, and the top, the top core strings are basically, you know, the, in terms of the fingering, identical. Um, that having been said, I wrote the piece as if almost it were an electronic thing trying to become real. It, ge- it gestures towards a lot of, like, very traditional violin techniques. And, and was there a lot of uh, communication back and forth uh, w- w- with Tom, the soloist? Um, I, I sent Tom a lot of little sketches, and then I went over to London and heard him play them. We worked out together, you know, in, in the course of sort of two afternoons, all the all the loops because they, they're of uneven length, so they line up in funny ways. And I, I, we were just it was just stuff that you can't really figure out necessarily on a page. We went back and forth a lot with that, and Tom also did a great service, which is when I first sent him the part, he went through and, and gave me these very detailed notes about kind of what might work better this way or what would be more idiomatic for the instrument. Or you know, it, it was just the right amount of back and forth, I think. And would you say this piece is is quite tailored uh, for for Tom? Yeah, but I, I think you know. I, I think what's good about it too is that I mean, Tom understands that you have to notate things. He's reacting to what's on the page, and I think it's now gotten to the point where, through his sort of helping me edit the part, and and through Nick obviously helping me edit the score, I think other people could could very easily do not very easily, but but could handily pull it off. The piece itself, seeing is believing. I think the themes is is, is inspired by the the stars in the sky. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a complicated. It, it's nothing too direct. I, I was thinking about. I'm I'm not sure if you if you had these in your educational history, but I had these insane things where I had to watch kind of historical movies about space. Not historical movies, but it, it sort of they were movies that were made maybe in the late 70s, and we'd watch them as kids in the early 80s about what space looked like. And there was always that moment when you sort of first see all the stars and and the music that happens then kind of. To do. It's all, you know, it's always these heavily synthesized, heavily kind of outrageous 80s synth landscapes. And I was thinking about how to make an, an acoustic version of that that also in some way related to a kind of more like religious sense of, of astronomy, but very abstractly. It wasn't like uh, there's no kind of one-to-one correlation. It was just what I was thinking about. Looking at looking at the other performance, one of your other pieces being performed, the piece Motions, which I think is inspired by the music from the 16th and 17th century. Yes, I mean it, it, Motions is essentially a gigantic kind of complicated modern scaffolding built around uh, an old Gibbons motet. So it's a it's a complicated piece because it it's sort of it's it's like a, imagine building a gigantic. Well, it's sort of like what happened in the middle of the British Museum, isn't it? With that new that new glass dome that sort of in, exists inside an old structure. That that's what I was sort of aiming to do. Also, I've heard that Motions was kind of inspired by your anxiety, you know, as a young chorister. Right. It's the anxiety. It's the anxiety of the having memorized something, and there's something very unforgiving about sort of 16th and 17th century meter, because in a, in a sense, you know, the bar line is a modern invention. And in a lot of cases, the phrases are not necessarily the length that you would think they would be. People weren't so addicted to you know, four-bar phrases then. And the other thing I was very interested in, in, in the text that Gibbon set, all to do with kind of in, in the last days when, when you know, cripples have their motion and, and, and the blind have sight and this, all this thing. And I was just thinking about that very old-fashioned notion of cripples in a weird way, of this of this kind of special cast of people who who were you know especially in biblical times it was many many people had kind of walking ailments and so i tried to invent a kind of rickety rickety kind of uneven footwork um that that governs the piece and then that of course gets undone at the end so you've composed now for instruments voices soundtracks is there anything you enjoy composing for 
more than others. I, do, I, I like it all. I usually, I usually like the thing that I'm about to do much more than the thing that I'm doing, if that makes sense. Um, you know, so if, you, if you're writing a ballet, then you, you, you pine for the days of writing a film score, and then when you're in the film score, you're desperate to write a choral piece, and then while you're doing that, all you, all you want to do is write for piano. You know, so it, it, kind of, it kind of cycles through the year um, back and forth. Seeing is Believing, featuring the music of Nico Muley, curated and performed by the Aurora Orchestra, takes place between Thursday the 5th and Saturday the 7th of May. This podcast contained extracts from the new CD, Seeing is Believing, used by kind permission of Decca Classics. Please visit our website, kingsplace.co.uk, for more information about any of these events you've heard about and to book tickets. Tickets for all events are available from as little as £9.50 online. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the King's Place podcast. kingsplace.co.uk